Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Dr. Matters Podcast, a podcast that is a part of the Christian podcast community. If you have been looking for more content, more things to listen to, more things to get in your ears, check on the Christian podcast community. You will find around 50 podcasts there that all make up this one community, and it's a great place to hear good Christian content, good content that's going to glorify God in everything that they say and everything that they do. So head on over there, Christian podcast community, and uh, you won't be disappointed. So uh, this podcast is a part of that, and I am grateful for that ministry and grateful for you all for listening, for tuning in and listening. And I haven't done a podcast or an episode since uh, the Great Trinity debate. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can probably find that on Facebook, if I'm not mistaken, where I talked about the Trinity. And we had about a day and a half worth of back and forth cordially with me and a few other guys and uh, someone that disagreed with the Trinity. Uh, So it's been a couple of weeks and just so happened that when I did that episode, there was ice on the ground. We were dealing with an ice storm and and here I sit this evening uh, about two weeks later and we are dealing with the same thing again. So it seems like uh, this winter, I'm just going to do podcasts whenever there's ice on the ground. I don't know. I hope not. Hopefully this is the last time. I don't know how you people that live in the North do it. Uh, this is just something that is mind-blowing to me. I can't stand the cold weather. I don't like all the ice. Give me one good snow a year, and I'm good. Uh, but the, all this ice and freezing rain and stuff like that is, uh, you can keep all that. But on this episode of the podcast, there are a lot of things going on in our world. There are a ton of things happening all over the world as we speak right now. I'm gonna not. I'm not gonna talk about these things in depth, except one of them may tie into what I want to get to. So basically, I want to point out some things that are going on in our world today, and then tie it into a quick little Bible study slash devotional type thing out of the Book of Hebrews before we wind up this podcast. I think it's just all. It's always good to take a step back and kind of breathe and, and see what all's going on. Look at the landscape of the world and uh, try to see what's happening, and then how we can relate that back to a biblical perspective. So we hope to do that here on this episode of the podcast. And uh, we're just going to get started. So the first thing that you really probably know what's going on, if you're keeping up with things in the world or or current events, current events, I should say, is that there are a lot of things going on in Canada that we in America need to be looking at and paying careful attention to. There is this trucker convoy that is going up there to protest and, uh, Uh, It's just a freedom rally, I believe, is what they're doing. I mean, all these 18-wheelers are blocking streets in protest of mandates and and just freedom uh, of things like that. And it has turned kind of ugly. It's turned kind of tyrannical up there in Canada. Uh, Justin Trudeau, I guess is how you say it. Uh, Man, uh, young guy, uh, but very, very evil, it seems. I'm talking about killing animals that belong to people that may be locked up because of their involvement in this bank accounts being frozen uh, for people that are giving money to these truckers and uh, supporting what they're doing. 
Uh, just a lot of things happening up there, people standing for freedom and fighting for freedom. And I don't want to get lost in the Christian worldview mixed with this worldview. I think there's a little bit of, of, of overlap there, uh, just in, in some areas of fighting for freedom and standing firm and and uh, not letting these things get out of hand. Because if you begin to lose your freedoms, this has already happened in the church in Canada. The church begins to lose its freedom as well. The freedom of religion, the, the church doors get closed. I mean, if you don't get behind the agenda of the government and, and what the people there want, then they will come after you, just like they did with uh, James Coates and, and other pastors in Canada that left their doors open during COVID-19 that if you don't line up with them, then they're coming for you because they hate the God of the Bible. They are Romans 1 people. They are suppressing the truth. They hate righteousness. They hate God. They hate the truth. They hate the church. And it's interesting to me that if somebody believes that God is not real or the Bible is an antiquated book, then why are they trying to get rid of it all? But that's essentially what's happening. So if you lose the freedoms that you do have, it ultimately is going to trickle down into the church and you're going to lose those freedoms as well. So we need to be paying careful attention. Uh, there were talks of that happening in the United States that's kind of backed off some thanks to the Supreme Court and different things like that. But but pastors and churchgoers and true believers in Christ, I want to encourage you that uh, if you are in Christ, that you stand firm, don't close your doors, keep your doors open so people can gather with the saints and just keep an eye on everything that's going on. You may be one of those that says, well, I don't want to mix government and, and politics with the church, but I think we have to on, on a certain level because uh, you can't vote for a candidate that believes in abortion, that believes in the homosexual agenda and other things that are sinful that the word of God strictly forbids. So it's important to watch what's going on. And then obviously we can vote, but we need to stand on biblical principle on uh, just moving forward. Right. We cannot stray left or right when it comes to our biblical principles. And I really didn't mean to be wearing a shirt with a, an American flag and a, and a, a bald eagle on it uh, for this. But it just kind of goes hand in hand. I just noticed that. Anyway, I digress. Uh, we have to pay attention. And as church leaders, we have to man up, so to speak. I think that a lot of churches were exposed. A lot of church leaders were exposed. I know early on, a lot of people didn't know what was happening, what was going on. Uh, but then this thing just started looking differently than what we thought. So uh, now is the time that we need to stand firm on the word of God and not look away from it and not go down any other roads, but stand firm. Another thing that's happening is Russia is about to invade Ukraine. I'm not sure of all the ramifications of that. I know that if you're a dispensationalist, you probably are looking at this as rumors of wars and wars and all the different things that's going on. And if you're a premillennialist, you're doing the same thing. Uh, or if you're a leaky dispensationalist, as uh, uh, John MacArthur would claim to be, you're probably looking at these things and, and just thinking that the end times are coming and, and it's getting ready to be all out hell on earth for a while. Uh, but uh, regardless, there are some things that are happening. That's, and it's all boiled down to this. The things that are happening in Canada, the things that are happening in Ukraine and Russia, all of this boils down to sin. Sin is the easy thing. It's easy to sin. It's in our nature. We are by nature children of wrath, which means we are given to sin from the very first time we come out of the womb. It is our nature to sin. So sinning almost, if you will, comes natural to us. So pride gets in the way of things and and wanting what we want and arrogance and, and all sorts of sins. So you think about uh, governments and, and, and they're trying to shut people down and shut people up and they're trying to invade other countries and they're trying to do all of these things. It, it all goes back to sin. Uh, 
And when you let sin go unchecked, there's no telling how big the thing can grow. There's no telling how deep it can get. But sin is easy. That is the easy part of anybody's life, including the Christian. If you're a Christian listening to me or watching me, you know that sin comes easy still as a believer. It's easy to jump back in a pattern of sin if you're not careful. And we're going to tie these things to these two things here together in, in just a few minutes, but uh, there's just some some things going on all over the world. And then one of the biggest things that happened is just blew up just from a just a pastor in Utah posting about modesty. And, and I'm going to paraphrase this because I don't need to pull it up and you don't need to see it again. You've probably already seen it. If you haven't, uh, I'm sure you can search it. Uh, look up modesty on Facebook. Um, the, the post went viral. And I tell you what, uh, I think I'm going to pull it up, and that way are the people that are listening can see it and hear it too, and I can and I can quote it verbatim. I don't have to uh, do a, a poor job of paraphrasing what my brother had said already. And of course, the internet is not responding as I'm trying to pull it up quickly, just so I don't have to belabor. Uh, let me just pull this up. I'm sure I can find it pretty quick. Um, I'm not real sure how to say his last name, Brian, S-A-U-V-E. Just to be honest with you, I call him Brian Suave for a long time, but I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. Brian, if you happen to listen to this or somebody that knows Brian, tell me how to pronounce his last name, but it's Brian, S-A-U-V-E. And it's got a little, uh, one of those accent marks over the E. But uh, let me scroll down through here and just see if I can find really quickly this post that he posted and and let me just tell you this thing started a social media war i mean even so much so that beth moore chimed in and yes if you know beth moore you know that uh, she had something to say and if she's gonna she's gonna see it she's gonna make sure that she has been told uh, been heard uh, let's just see if i can pull this up for you real quick because i want you to see this if you're watching and uh if you're listening you'll be able to hear it firsthand and many of you are like guy come on i know this i know what he said Uh, let's not belabor this but here we go i've got it on the screen here he says this dear ladies there is no reason whatsoever for you to post pictures of yourself in low-cut shirts bikinis bra and underwear or anything similar ever not to show your weight loss journey, not to show your newborn baby, not to document your birth story, signed your brothers. And if we look at this, and as Christian men and women, we should look at this and say yes and amen. And here's what I would say. And I did make some comments of my own on my own personal Facebook page, and I'm not going to pull that up or get into that. But I want to I want to see this. Let's just break this this down again, because this is all going to link together. Everything that we've talked about thus far is going to come together and uh, we're going to see what we should be doing in light of what the Bible says. Dear ladies, this is a Christian man writing to ladies. There is no reason whatsoever for you to post pictures of yourself in low cut shirts, bikinis, bra and underwear or anything similar ever. Now, here's the first problem. People don't like to be told what to do. People want to uh, say, keep your hands out of my life, off my body. You don't worry about me. You're a pervert. If you look at me and think anything other than uh, just seeing me as a person, I get that. And here's the thing, men, we have to be 
very careful. We have to be men that are constantly killing sin. And we're going to talk about that. We've, we've already seen that sin is easy. It's easy to look at someone and be visual and, and have thoughts, but we have to take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. So we have work to do, too, as we look at our sisters in Christ or even unbelievers that come in our path. It's not all their fault. We have an obligation to not look a second time. We have an obligation to take our eyes off of the things of the world and focus them on the things of God, Colossians chapter 3 teaches us. So we have to play a part in this as well. We can't just drool and salivate and then blame the women every time somebody walks by and, and clothes like this or we see these things on the internet or whatever or on social media. So the, the biggest problem is, though, that people don't like to be told what to do. And if they they especially hear it from a man these days, because these egalitarian views have just kind of shut men up. People want to see weak men instead of men that stand on biblical principles and, and men that are truly men of God. So this is really flying in the face of all that. And and Brian, has, Pastor Brian here has said, there's no reason for you to wear things like this. And it, it, that's true. I mean, not to show your weight loss journey, he says, not to show your newborn baby, not to document your birth story. And I'm not going to belabor this because you, if you're like me, you have seen this going, it just being the dead horse has been beaten. But I want to make a few comments about this. Uh, I've already made a few comments, just a few comments more. Uh, women don't like to be told what to do. And there's a lot of men that don't like to be told what to do as well. You can tell by the way they live their life in defiance of the scriptures and not submitting themselves to them. Uh, but women don't like to be told what to do either. And uh, this is really seemingly to be uh, telling them what to do and blaming them for men's thoughts. Again, I just told you that, that men, we are responsible for the things that we do and say. But women, if you are true believers in Christ, you should care about your brothers enough. And, and first of all, you should care about God's glory more than your own. And then your brothers in Christ and not dress in a way or post pictures that might lead them into some sort of sin. The same way as for men. Uh, men can pose in boxers, underwear, and, you know, just muscly pictures or whatever. There's no reason to do that. I remember early on, I would document kind of my gym story and just kind of, it turned into almost this, uh, hey, look at me, I'm at the gym, I'm getting big right? I'm getting muscles. Look at this. It almost it, it turned into look at me instead of putting all the glory back on God and, and, and exalting Christ. So when we do things like this, when we dress like this, we're, we're essentially saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, give me the attention that I want. When really we should take the attention off of ourself, the glory off of ourself and ascribe it back to God who is worthy of our adoration and our praise and the, and the glory that we should give him on a daily basis. So we need to move away from this. Stop telling me what to do. Stop getting in my life thinking and look at what the Bible says. The Bible teaches us clearly. And there are people that wanted to argue the point of Second uh, Timothy. Second uh, Timothy is clear. Uh, a lot of people wanted to talk about um, not uh, that this was all about wealth, that you shouldn't flaunt your wealth. Um, but we have to understand context. And if we get into context, we will see that it's not just about wealth. There's a lot more at stake here that uh, when you dress a certain way, it is, uh, I'm sorry, first Timothy chapter two. That's what I was. That's why I couldn't find it. It's first Timothy chapter two. Um, women, 
This is what it says in verse 9. Women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Okay, there were people that wanted to argue and say that this was talking about not flaunting wealth. Yes, you can say that, but also in context, when we understand women were the same, essentially, just as they are today. They wanted to seek attention. They wanted to, for people to look at them, so they would dress in certain ways to make them look attractive, to make them wanted by other people. So the Bible teaches women to dress modestly, and yes, this is in their dress, and also not to flaunt wealth or show off wealth. It's kind of a double-edged sword here. You can't have one without the other when you're reading this in context. So a lot of men and women wanted to push back and say, well, this is this is out of context. This is old. This is antiquated. And, and you shouldn't be telling women what they can and can't do with their bodies. And, and essentially what they're saying is that I'm ripping and twisting the pages of Scripture, but you can't tell me how to do it. And God is not going to tell me how to do it either, because we live in a postmodern world where I can make my own truth and what I say goes. That is essentially what this is. Women don't want to be held accountable by the word of God. And it is clear by the response from Beth Moore herself to this pastor in Utah. He basically told her to keep the, his hands and eyes and fingers off the, her unders and mind his own underwear or something like that. It was something just crazy for her to say, which that is nothing new if you know who Beth Moore is. But um, it, it's prompting a lot of people, even Adidas I saw, uh, basically said, Dear Brian, and laid out something like women's bodies are to be celebrated, whatever the case may be with that. A lot of people writing him back where he says, Dear ladies, they say, Dear Brian. And then they go on to give reasons why he shouldn't have said this and what they think about him and what they think about women's bodies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we just found ourselves just in this huge, nasty looking debate all the way around all over the world with people that agreed and people that disagreed. But here's what I want to talk about now. And take all these things that we just mentioned. We mentioned Ukraine, we mentioned Canada, and we mentioned the modesty debate here. All of this is a result of sin, pride, their person's own glory, their own wants, their own needs, without looking to the Bible, without looking to the God of the Bible to see how they should handle themselves in this world, how they should be obedient to the scriptures. And again, sin comes easy. The pride in these leaders, uh, it, it's just easy for them to be prideful instead of humble, I feel like. And then you have all of these things, these modesty debates. It's easy to say, leave me alone. I'm going to dress how I want to. And it's harder to submit yourselves to the word of God. So I want to look briefly at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 for sure says this, and this is for believers. If you're listening or if you're watching and you're not a true believer, then this isn't for you. It just isn't. If you're an unbeliever, I pray that you would repent of your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for sure. I pray that you would be saved. But this is strictly for believers. Even those that think, well, Brian shouldn't have said this or, you know, Russia and Ukraine, who cares? Well, we can see all of this is boiling down to one word, sin. And Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1, says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, that's going back to chapter 11, the hall of faith, when it tells of all the people that were faithful in past times. We're looking at these, these, these men and women that were faithful to the Lord. And it seems like um, 
there's a great cloud of witnesses that they may uh, be be watching us run our race, and we're going to see that. Or uh, they're just there. We have them to look back on these this hall of faith, all these faithful brothers and sisters that went on before us. So uh, we're surrounded by these great cloud of witnesses. You can read chapter 11 on your own if you would like uh, at some point. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you, do you hear the language that's used in this passage of Scripture? Let us lay aside every weight and sin, and listen to this, which clings, which clings so closely. Sin is crouching at the door. Sin is our nature. So it is easy to sin. It is easy to fall into a pattern of sin if we're not careful. It's easy to leave sin unchecked. It's easy to not repent of sin if we don't give thought to it. If we let it grow and grow and grow, it's often said that sin will take you further than you, further than you want to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay. Um, and I can't remember the other one, but uh, essentially, if you are not killing sin, it will be killing you. So it's easy to do these things, but the Bible says, lay aside, cast off this weight, this sin that so easily clings to us. It's taking it off. It's uh, taking off a heavy backpack full of bricks. Instead of walking around with the sin and this sinful lifestyle, to lay it aside and run with endurance the race that is set before us. This is our Christian race until we enter the finish uh, finish line, which is eternity. That's our finish line. Until then, we lay aside this weight. And 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 the writer of Hebrews here does something that makes me believe that this is not the easiest thing in the world to do. And if you've been a Christian longer than two days, you know that this is not something that's easy as well. It is not easy to just kind of lay aside all of the sin in your life, but it is worth it because they give this idea of running a race with endurance. Now, let's think about running. I used to run. You, Some of you may know this from previous episodes, but maybe some of you run. And when you're running, you just can't start out running a marathon day one. You have to work your way into running a marathon. I've never ran a marathon. I have no desire to run a marathon, but uh, the furthest I've ever ran without stopping is 10 miles. Now that's a long way for me. So that I can't, I, I remember the day I did it. I was so excited, but uh, that's neither here nor there, but I had to work my way into the first mile. And then I had to work my way into being able to run two miles, then three miles, and ultimately five miles, and then finally ran that 10 miles. And it takes endurance to be able to run that 10 miles. But to do that, you cannot keep putting things on you and expect to run 10 miles. If I got every half mile and somebody gave me a brick to hold, it'd be harder to run. Every half mile, I get another brick. I get another brick. I'm going to be weighed down, and I'm not going to be able to finish that race. I'm not going to be able to finish that 10 miles I set out to do. The same thing goes with our Christian life. We have to take these things off of us so that we can continue to run this race with endurance, with faithfulness, to not get caught up in modesty debates and be on the wrong end of those to where we say, keep your hands off my body. I'll do what I want to. We need to be able to say, I'm going to submit to God's word. 
because his word is the final authority in all things, not my thoughts, not my emotions, or not what people think. So as we continue to live this Christian life, we have to first understand and know and believe and know that we know that we know that we're saved, that we've truly repented of our sin and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we have to continually cast off this sin in our lives. We have to lay this down. We have to keep uh, killing sin. We have to mutilate the flesh because if we don't kill sin, we will be overtaken by it. And it is a powerful thing. It grips us and uh, we have to fight and run and run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, verse 2 says, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Think about that. He endured the cross. It was a, it was a joy that was set before him. He could have quit. He could have turned his back. He could have never emptied himself and came to this earth in the first place that we see in the book of Philippians. He humbled himself. He emptied himself even to the point of death and death on a cross. He didn't He didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped, the Bible says. So imagine if all of these things didn't happen. If he let pride get in the way, then we would never be saved. But praise God that he can't have pride because he is God. And therefore, he did go to the go to the cross and he endured the cross, despising the shame. But he's now seated at the right hand of God and he's sitting there and we're running our race and he is waiting. And we are running and running and running until we get to that finish line. So I want to encourage you on this just short, brief episode. Look at all the things that are happening in the world. It's sin. Know how easy it is to get caught up in those things. Know how easy it is to get caught up in my body, my choice. Know how easy it is to tell men to keep their eyeballs and their hands and their thoughts to themselves. Men, do the hard work of taking your thoughts captive. Women, do the hard work of making sure you're dressing in a modest way. Uh, men and women both, do the hard work it takes to live a Christian life that brings God glory, exalts Christ, and builds one another up along the way. Do the hard work of evangelizing the lost. Do the hard work of serving. Don't get caught up in a pattern of sin and a routine of sin that is easy. So get rid of this sin, kill it, mutilate it, do not desire it, and run the race that you've been called to run for the glory of God. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. That's why it says run with endurance. You got to build up to that. You got to keep going. You got to keep pressing on, even when you feel like you're ready to quit. But keep pressing on for the glory of God and lay off this sin that so easily entangles us or ensnares us or even enslaves us. Get rid of that and do the hard work of being obedient to Christ. It's worth it. Nothing easy is ever really. I mean, if it's easy, it's it's really kind of too good to be true many times, and many times that is the case. So sin is easy, but it's not worth it. Doing the hard work of following Christ, laying this sin out, uh, mutilating the flesh is worth it for the glory of God. I pray that you wouldn't get caught up in this sin, and I pray that you would follow him with all you have. And uh, thank you for listening. That's all I have. It's brief. It's, it's quick. Uh, just some thoughts I had this evening. Wasn't even planning to do a podcast. Uh, so there it is. If you got any thoughts, comments, and if you don't like what I said, you can let me know as well. But uh, I'll take everything back to the word, and we can agree to disagree. Thank you for listening again. Until next time, God bless.